Hey guys, uh, Bob and I are here again at the top of another episode. We sure because, are. Uh, we can't get through two weeks anymore without something happening that we have to address at the top of the show. On Wednesday, June 17th, independent wrestler David Starr was accused by his ex of rape and other stuff, and people came out to corroborate that claim. That happened on Wednesday. By Thursday, the floodgates had opened, and uh, over the weekend, it's basically been the entire weekend, last five days, essentially, as, as we record this uh, intro, have just been taken over on wrestling Twitter by the Speaking Out movement. Basically, uh, a bunch of women, most of them wrestlers, telling stories about male wrestlers, usually, who abuse them uh, physically, verbally, sexually. So, the first thing I guess we have to say is unequivocally fuck those people. Yes, that we are here for the victims and we believe them. Everybody who's involved in this shit does not deserve your support, my support, anybody's support, and they can go directly to hell. Yes. That having been said, I wanted to address a couple of more specific issues. There have been a lot of names released uh, over the last few days, and I'm sure there are more to come. So we'll probably be coming back to this topic in future episodes as we discuss wrestlers who, it turns out, have done horrible things. So far, there are really only two people we need to mention prior to moving forward in our coverage. Uh, the first one is Ricardo Rodriguez, a.k.a. El Local, oh. who uh, has had some allegations leveled against him. Ah. Uh, he is the only wrestler that we have seen in our coverage that has been named so far in the speaking out movement. Um, however, the other person who is important to mention right now who has been named in the speaking out movement is Brandon Stroud, who is a... Uh, I'm gonna go with at this point was a wrestling writer... Uh, for Uprox with Spandex. He is one of the most prominent names in the wrestling media. I've talked about him on, the, on this show. I have used his column for research for this show. I have quoted him directly on this show. Mm. Uh, we were in talks with him on Twitter to potentially have him appear on this show, even though it didn't look like that was probably going to happen. But we did talk to him about it, and uh, I just wanted to be really upfront with that and say I'm really glad that didn't happen. Yes. Because it turns out he's a terrible fucking person. Yes. <laughs> so... Um, as we for, now know, unfortunately, yes. Be advised as you go back and listen to previous episodes that his name does come up. Uh, I'm very sorry about that. You won't be hearing his name again. You will be hearing El Local's name again uh, yes. as we move forward in our coverage. I think, Bob, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the way we're going to deal with that is simply not fail to mention it when we discuss him. I think that is the best way to do it because we cannot erase from NXT history who has been on the show. But what we can do is be clear about saying, and this is what we know about this person. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about Enzo and Cass before and Enzo Amore yes. is an accused rapist. And, you know, like these are terrible people. The world in general has this problem. This problem is not localized to professional wrestling. Oh, if only... Yeah. I, as a woman, if only it was that easy. God, yes. that would be a dream. No, it's not. However, if that behavior is bacteria, the wrestling industry is like a science experiment where you like 
put some food in like a moist can and cover it with aluminum foil and see what grows. You know what uh. I mean? Like the wrestling industry is um, built fundamentally in its most traditional form on secrecy, on lies, on the abuse of power and like power imbalance. Unlike other industries, there's no union. There's nowhere you can go in wrestling. Like a big part of the reason that none of this has come out before is because if you're a wrestler and you make accusations against someone, probably the biggest thing that's going to happen is that you're going to stop getting jobs. It is a culture of this weird society of people that are all in this together and they all have each other's backs and nobody talks about who they really are. You know, traditionally, you're supposed to be in character the whole time. The public's never supposed to know the real you. It is a breeding ground for this kind of behavior. And... I mention that because every time I start to feel like guilty about doing this show, about bringing people into wrestling, this is the best time so far to be a wrestling fan. There have always been David Starrs. There have always been Joey Ryans. You know, these people who not only who are like terrible sexual predators, but David Starr and Joey Ryan were two of the most prominent progressive voices in wrestling. We are in a better place now that these people are being exposed and are being removed from their positions. Absolutely. And removed from wrestling. The other piece of it, too, is that I am personally more committed than ever to bringing in new people to this industry because we need people in the industry who aren't part of that fucking boys club, who don't give a shit, who don't have any fucking nostalgia for the people they watched wrestle 20 years ago or 10 years ago or yesterday, who aren't going to just defend them because they're fans, uh, who aren't coming from a place of privileged male fraternity and possibly have been abusers themselves. And so think it very easy to dismiss claims against other people. Like we need more diversity and more voices and more new people in wrestling. And we need that more than ever because this kind of shit needs to be sought out and expunged. Yeah. So that's all I wanted to say. If you're listening to the show and you were not into wrestling previously, please stay because we need you. And I am more committed than ever to the mission of this podcast as we started it. I have been part of a lot of toxic fandoms or fandoms that later became toxic but didn't start out that way. Sherlock and Harry Potter are both two very prime examples. I want to caution anybody, not against getting attached, but against being unwilling to see that the moral good of the people involved in the thing that you love is necessarily a guarantee. It's not. You know, we don't get to have that guarantee. And that doesn't mean that you have to, you know, throw out the thing that you enjoy. But it does mean that you have to consume it conscientiously and with the understanding that, Yes, this is problematic. And here are the problematic elements of it. And that's kind of the responsibility that we have as people who consume pop culture. Yeah. And honestly, you know, quitting on pro wrestling, I don't think that's a thing any of these women would ask you to do because most of them are wrestlers. 
And yeah. it's not about just like writing pro wrestling off as bad and throwing the entire thing in the garbage. Find the women that are making these accusations. They're wrestlers. Follow them on Twitter. Help them get bookings. Like, follow their careers. Talk about them on, on social media. Support them and help to elevate them. There's going to be a, a changing of the guard in wrestling as a result of all of this. And I really would like to see people who are... Um, good people and who are speaking out against this kind of behavior and trying to change the wrestling industry elevated to a higher place in that industry. I think even WWE, even Vince McMahon will eventually feel the effects of the movement that's happening right now. And I think that it's incumbent upon us as wrestling fans to be a part of that and not to, you know, not to walk away from Omelas, as one might say, mm. you know, to uh, to instead stay and uh, and try to make things better. Be excited for the better world that's coming that that's we are right. working on building right this very fucking now. The arc of the universe bends towards justice, motherfuckers. And with that, here's the episode. Hope you enjoy it. It's crazy. <laughs> Sorry, I just realized what episode we're introing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Megan Bob, and I'm here to understand the mysteries of wrestling. And I'm Miles, and I'm here to help with the aid of my favorite wrestling show. This is The Next Wrestling Fan, an NXT review podcast for would-be wrestling fans who don't know where to start. And current wrestling fans who want to relive the magic of that first time. This week, we watched the episode of NXT that originally aired on October 30th, 2013, on the screens of our extremely furry phones. Mm. And we do it in space. <gasps> Ladies and gentlemen, Liz Logan is here. Welcome to myself. <laughs> Welcome to episode 24 of The Next Wrestling Fan, a podcast of fights and feels. You know... In the season two episode of The Good Place, entitled Best Self, the character of Michael laments just how many emotions humans have, saying, quote, you only need two, anger and confusion. Well, last episode, we had anger. So this episode, it's time for some confusion. Yeah, it is. The mad space judge herself, she who truly is Chaos Incarnate, star of the Smash Fiction Podcast and its sister show, Extraordinary League, where she is the bane of buttholes everywhere. <laughs> Liz Logan, welcome to the next wrestling fan. Uh, thank you. Uh, please do not refer to me as Liz Logan anymore. I have adopted a new wrestling persona. Okay. Uh, from here on out, I will be called Space Age. Space, Space Age. Because... I will send you up into orbit. Oh. You know those people that wear those skin tight, like the green suits? Yes. Yeah. I would be wearing one of those covering my face, but instead it would be like galaxy print. Nice. And I'd be like, oh, I'd like weirdly move and stuff and just freak everybody out. I love it. You know, I had written down a question here that I was going to ask you later in the show, which was about what your wrestling persona would be, but I didn't even have to ask. You just <laughs> came in hot with it. <laughs> I mean, let me tell you, watching this, I was like, I don't enjoy watching this. I want to be in it. <laughs> Hey, it's not too late. It's not too late for you to get on board with this lifestyle. That's true. I feel like the people that were most enjoying 
the entire show were the wrestlers. Like, the audience is just like, yeah, this is great. This is great. The wrestlers were like, this is my life's work. <laughs> Liz, what is your history, if any, with pro wrestling? My first exposure to wrestling was sitting in my grandparents' uh, living room. And my grandpa really liked wrestling, or as he would call it, wrestling. Yeah! So I watched a few things, but then I was distracted and then went and played video games. So (laughs) my next exposure was I would go over to a friend's place, you know, where uh, my mom would drop me off to babysit, obviously. Bunch of kids there and stuff. Sure. Friends, family. So they had this, like, I can't describe it any other way except... A, a pit? Like their living room was oh what yes. is that called? Yeah, I know what you mean. It's that sunken. Split level. It's like a split level sunken living room. It was our play area, right? We'd play like the floor is lava, shark, but then we would play a wrestling game and it was called Boochie Boochie Come On Make My Day. <laughs> <laughs> and Go we would on. say it we would say it like this Boochie Boochie Come On Make my day. (laughs) And then we would wrestle and try to pin each other. And we would have these larger than life things where we'd kind of waddle like sumo wrestlers. And then we would just go at it. So that was that. And then in high school, actually, you know, honestly, I have a lot of wrestling stuff. Not exactly (laughs) pro wrestling, but like other wrestling. Sure. In high school, I love to wrestle, like, actual, like, well, I don't want to say actual wrestling. I'm sorry, wrestling fans. I'm I sorry, mean, Miles. amateur wrestling. Amateur right? wrestling. There you yeah. go. Total amateurs. Olympics. Give me a break. So, <laughs> in high school, that was kind of a fun pastime. And then in college, I actually used to do combat wrestling and stuff with oh, shit. a couple collegiate wrestlers. So, that was fun, except when I had to go to the clinic, like, twice because something popped in my neck. I don't Yeesh. know. Chokeholds suck. But the whole acting part, that is so much fun. It is very fun. But it is so wacky. It was by far the weirdest thing I have ever sat down and watched for 40 minutes. (laughs) And you've seen some of uh, Barbie's Funhouse or whatever that show is. Okay, I will defend that show. That show is hilarious. (laughs) Have you ever before sat down and watched an episode of wrestling before? No. So on this episode of wrestling, which was your first one, I'm very curious. What was the most surprising thing that happened like the thing that you were most like wow i did not know that pro wrestling was like this oh the second someone got thrown out of the ring i believe it was the women's match with what Paige and summer ray i remember That's their right. names yep because one of them got thrown out of the ring and i was like they do that i mean i had <laughs> heard about it but it was the first time i saw it and i was like okay that is some like real shit to act and then i got concerned for their safety and then they just started throwing everyone out of the ring and i was like okay this is what i came here for this is why i turned my tv on oh so that was what surprised me i mean before it was like oh i'm gonna like slap you around okay a little little punch here little hit against the the ropes here but then the second yo she tossed her out that i was convinced i was sold Nice. nice All right, well, Liz is going to be joining us for Bob's Breakdown, as well as for the sights, sounds, and feels of pro wrestling. And we'll, I guess, let her guess along with Bob during the Cheap Pop Quiz. But before any of that, it's time to get the answers to last episode's Cheap Pop Quiz. 
Megan Bob is staring at an unprecedented three-episode nothing burger. Yep. As I have managed to consistently stump her on recent quizzes, delaying what will apparently be a bonus episode about a romantic anime. (laughs) Bob does still have four points. She needs ten, so let's see how she did. Question number one. So once again, we have a new member of the announce team on the next episode, but I'm not going to make you guess who it is this time. Instead, which announcer takes some time in the middle of the Page versus Summer Rae match to tell a random story about how they reconnected with an old girlfriend on Twitter? Was it A, Tom Phillips, B, William Regal, C, Alex Riley, D, Byron Saxton, who we've seen as a ring announcer but is now doing play-by-play, or E, Renee Young? Byron Saxton, incidentally, is doing play-by-play on this episode uh, that we just watched, but uh, is not the correct answer. Bob, you selected the answer C, Alex Riley. Unfortunately, that is incorrect. And the correct answer, as you now know, was William Regal. Come on, Regal. Not during the women's match. During one of the other matches. Agreed. Question number two. Next episode is probably the shortest episode of NXT we've encountered so far, clocking in at just 39 minutes and 24 seconds. And what's more, three and a half of those minutes are inexplicably devoted to The Raw Rebound, a much more detailed than necessary recap of what's been happening on the main roster. It's all about the authority storyline, but also gives you a better look at which of the following main roster wrestlers and stars of their own reality shows. Is it A, Nikki Bella, co-star of Total Bellas? B, Brie Bella, the other co-star of Total Bellas? C, The Miz, co-star of Miz and Mrs.? D, Maurice, the other co-star of Miz and Mrs.? Or E, The Big Show, star of The Big Show Show? Bob, you selected the answer A, Nikki Bella, and unfortunately you were wrong on that one again, as it was E, The Big Show, featured in that Raw rebound. I didn't know that's what The Big Show looked like. I was like, oh, that's who this guy is that I've heard so much about. And question number three, moving on to actually relevant things that happen on next week's show. Which extremely relevant thing happens on next week's show? Was it A, Rusev decides he'd rather hang out with a hot blonde woman than a gregarious Frenchman and his friend the flossing redneck? Mm. B, fans throw roses into the ring after an Aiden English performance. C, Sylvester LaFort wrestles a match. D, Luke Harper does a creepy Wyatt family style video package without the rest of the Wyatt family. Or E, all of the above. Bob, you selected the answer E, all of the above, and you are correct. Yeah! Yeah! Got that sweet point. Well, now it is time to actually talk some motherfucking pro wrestling. So, Bob, lead us through this madness. So excited. Take us to Bob's Breakdown. Match one. It is tag team action, or it would be tag team action if Enzo and Cass were anything other than very popular jobbers. They're not. <laughs> Enzo and Cass come out to badmouth Sylvester Lafour and his legionnaires. S-A-W-F-T. Soft? All right. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't know. Liz, it was your first exposure to soft. What did you feel about it? This was the chicken tenders guy, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, they made absolutely no sense. Their rhymes were subpar. I couldn't wait for them to lose, and I hated their outfits. Yay! They were so not memorable, except for shouting chicken tenders. I mean, Enzo Mori did have something shaved into the side of his head. It says rise up, maybe? Or just rise? Maybe like bread? He's just into baking. He's got Susan G. Komen stuff shaved into the sides no. of his head. Oh, I remember Fucking that. way. He had yeah, the he ribbon. Absolutely- 
He's got the ribbon on his right side. On the other side is like rise above whatever, oh like cancer or whatever it is. Oh, God. <laughs> we talked about this last episode about how the whole Susan G. Komen thing makes us feel. Enough said. Yeah. yeah. Well, instead of the Legionnaires, out comes Rusev and Sylvester Lafort as a tag team. No mention of Scott Dawson or that he ever even existed. <laughs> is Scott nope. Dawson trapped in the Upside Down? Bring me back my flossing mechanic. Also, Rusev has zero planks of wood this time. Boo, bring back arts and crafts, Rusev. Liz, he used to come out with a plank of wood that had the name of whoever he was wrestling burned into it, and then he would break the plank of wood and scream. First off, all right, Alexander Rusev. He is my spirit animal in this match. When he came out, that was the first time I got excited because his outfit, 10 out of 10. When he ripped it (laughs) off... 11 out of 10. <laughs> he looked like, I don't know, Slavic Tarzan. I loved it. Yeah. It's a good look. Then he folded it up. So he's good with, you know, keeping things tidy. So that's, that's right. fine. And then, you know, really his only faults are he doesn't have a big enough beard and his hair's not gray. So <laughs> this person has been scored on the Liz Logan score of like traits that are important. Yeah. And that was like a solid B plus. Yeah. Which yeah. most people do not get. I approve. So action kicks off with Rusev smacking Cass until he topples like a ripped oak tree. No hot tag coming this match, I guess. Instead, Rusev just picks up Enzo and flips him over the top rope and into the ring, gives him a flying clothesline thingy. Maybe not flying, running. A thing. He gives him (laughs) a thing right to the chest. And then LaFour comes into the ring to say, look at my man, Rusev. And Rusev (laughs) does the running clothesline thing on him, too. It's like a body check. You know what I mean? Yeah, he does just just kind of throw himself at them. He just kind of chests him down onto the mat. And he's got a sizable chest. So yeah, no, it's not nothing. Yeah, boy, it's not. Rusev's there just surrounded by these fallen wrestle dudes. He locks in the camel clutch on Big Cass who taps out. And Rusev walks up the ramp to meet the beautiful blonde lady who we saw in the previous episode. And they just leave together. And that's that. That was so weird. I didn't get it. Yeah, I think they're setting up something. The announcers didn't get it either. She has just shown up on the previous episode, Liz. Mm. So she showed up in like for Rusev's match, walked around the ring and like gave him a good eyeing and then left. And so now he's leaving with her. So presumably the idea here is that uh, Rusev in attacking Lafour and leaving with this other woman has decided to change managers, so to speak. Ooh. It's a weird breakup type of thing to see. And I was like, were you guys together? Why Why are you doing this? <laughs> oh my God. Wait till you get to the next episode. <laughs> oh, oh no. Liz, this was the first ever match you had ever seen. Did you have any thoughts about it beyond the fact that you liked Alexander Rusev and couldn't wait for Big Cass and Enzo to get squashed? No, I really only had eyes for Rusev. I don't know. It it was not my favorite match of the episode. It really was just like Rusev kind of was the match. Like he smacked Enzo down. He smacked Cass down. He smacked his tag team partner down. And then he made Cass tap out. That was pretty much the entire thing, right? Oh, yeah. So it's natural that I feel this way. Oh, yeah. I think so. Match two. Aiden English still rocking the red jeggings and mustache print scarf. He's got a little black beret and a pair of round purple sunglasses for some, I don't know, Elton John energy. 
This time, he does not just have piano accompaniment. I think he has brass and percussion now, too. (laughs) I'm pretty sure he does, yes. And I couldn't see them, and that really bothers me, because I'm like, where's the fucking orchestra? Where are you hiding them? There's not room (laughs) in this performance center. (laughs) And then, much like Alex Riley, William Regal announces that he has a crush on Aiden English. I know Alex Riley didn't say he had a crush on Aiden English, but he does. We all do. Yeah. Except that whenever William Regal says man crush, he says man crush and rolls the R like he's purring because of fucking course he does. <laughs> All right. Who's in the ring opposite him? It's jobber Jason Jordan. Uh, you may be surprised to learn that things don't go well for this jobber. English does take <laughs> a drop kick, but finishes off Jason Jordan in about two minutes, ending the match with his finisher. The director's cut. So now we know the name of it. Now we have an official name for his finishing move. That's a pretty good name. Yeah, director's cut's pretty good. And we get the encore and the audience throws roses into the ring. And then William Regal gives English a standing ovation. More theater gimmicks. Give me more theater (laughs) gimmicks. Miles, does anyone have a ballet gimmick? A mime gimmick? Some sort of, I don't know, postmodern performance art gimmick. I don't know if any of those exactly happen, but something performance-oriented does happen later that actually directly involves Aiden English. Um, So what he is expressing here will be taken further. Yeah! Is what I'll say. I'm excited. Liz, what did you think about all this nonsense? Yeah, I have some comments on this. First off, Aiden English, this really piqued my interest because then it turned into a musical number after the absolute Yay. chaos that was the first round he comes out and i was like is this a halftime show <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know and then his red pants i completely approved of and frankly i didn't know the human face was capable of so many expressions and noises <laughs> <laughs> he does have a really expressive face and you know i mean for a wrestler he didn't sing half bad i wasn't very convinced by his fighting but i certainly admired his spirit (laughs) you know the um did either of you ever watch like the old uh, rocky and bullwinkle cartoons back in the day yes i watched rocky and bullwinkle Okay, so you know how that like every so often there's an episode, uh, there's a Dudley Do Right episode where fucking Snidely Whiplash is like decides that he's going to become like a celebrity and make everybody love him. That's what Aiden English reminds me of. Uh. Is like some dude who fucking decided to randomly walk away from his job tying old women to railroad tracks <laughs> and fucking was like, no, you know what? Instead, I will go. I will be a star in the opera. Oh my god, I love it. I love it so much. I like Aiden English a lot. Me too. I also like his name. I know. And his accent. Yeah, he has kind of a weird, he does not have a British accent. No. But he has something that is the American equivalent of a British accent, and I don't know what to call it. That's one other thing that really made me want to be in this whole NXT (laughs) business, was that the amount of accents, whether good or bad, totally did it for me. Yay! <laughs> Most of them are real. Debatable. <laughs> Backstage, we get an interview with Adrian Neville because last time he got injured by Corey Graves because Corey Graves was being a bag of shit. Adrian Neville is pissed. He addresses Graves directly and calls him lad and son. My heart was so full, Miles. Oh, yeah. Adrian Neville sternly calling someone lad is everything pure (laughs) and good in this world. Liz, what did you think of this adorable curly haired Newcastle guy? 
So I have something I have to admit. Yes. Those backstage interviews, I didn't realize it was part of the program. I thought they were commercials, so I skipped them. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. That is okay. I am the worst guest. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Match three is Summer Rae versus Paige. Summer Rae brought Sasha with her for evil moral support. (laughs) Paige brought no one because she's a tough cookie who needs no support. Match starts, Paige throws Summer Rae across the ring, and Summer Rae doesn't like it. So she skedaddles, heading for Sasha on the outside. Paige tries to get Summer Rae with a baseball slide, but Sasha and Summer Rae get out of the way in time to avoid it. And then Summer Rae bravely holds Sasha in front of her as a human shield. I'm sure that it's not going to have any repercussions later. I bet Sasha will never, ever turn on Summer Rae for the things Summer Rae is doing. I can't. I don't why know why would she? you would think that. I don't know why you would think that. I don't think we've ever seen Summer Rae have anything close to a friend. I don't even know that I would call this relationship with Sasha a friendship. It's a convenient it's, alliance. Yeah, they're even like their name is the BFFs, but it doesn't stand like friend isn't one of the Fs. <laughs> <laughs> so Summer Rae gets into the ring, followed by Paige, who rolls over the top and over Summer Rae's back to land beneath her and tries to dislodge her from the ropes for a pin. Instead, Summer Rae just kneels above Paige's face. It's been a while since we've seen face sitting, so I'm really happy to get some fan service again. I just (laughs) haven't seen it in a while. Obviously, it doesn't work. It never works, sadly. So Paige starts doubling down with the headbutts and vigorous chest kicks. Sasha tries to intervene by grabbing Paige's leg the next time she's by the ropes, and the ref does the traditional, you're out of here. As we talked about on the last episode. Yeah, he even does like that that arm spin thing that they do to go like, so that way you know it's serious. And Sasha's distraught, but she does leave. And then we get a bunch of Monday Night Raw recap, and I will leave that for a minute. Liz, what are your thoughts about this so far? I definitely skipped that Monday Night Raw recap, too, because I thought that was a commercial. <laughs> I mean, that basically was a commercial. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this was my favorite fight. Up until now, I was like, all right, this, this is okay, this is okay. And then the women came out, and it was real. They yeah. had so much emotion. They get the A-plus for acting in this. Like I said, this was my favorite moment when one of them got tossed out the ring. I mean, they were tossing people left out and right from the ring. And then they were like all mad at each other. And I was like, this is so believable. Like, oh, Rusev, you know, his chest. But this shit was real. They also had the most interesting moves. I can see why people really like the women's matches. Right? Uh, I couldn't believe how they were moving their bodies. It looked painful. Yeah. And uh, as Miles has explained to me, it absolutely is painful. It's just not quite as painful as they make it look, but there's no way to land a drop kick or something and not hurt yourself. Yes. I just really liked the gusto that they approach things and how they did a lot of stuff outside of the ring. It's like playing NBA 2K, just regular playing on a court, and then you move on to street ball. That's right. And this was street wrestling. It's like, oh no, it's personal now. Oh, I love the drama of it. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. We get some minutes of Monday Night Raw recap involving Daniel Bryan, Randy Orton, Sean, someone, and Triple H. Sean Michaels. Oh, Sean Michaels. Oh, wait. Yeah, Texas Ranger. I mean, basically, yes. Yeah. Randy Orton is the A-plus player, allegedly. 
And then all the talent comes out to watch him get the championship or something. And then it turns into a fucking riot as the big show comes to fight all of the shield. And it's amazing. And Randy hits the big show. And then Triple H and Stephanie scream at Randy to protect them. I think they're screaming at Randy to like finish him off or something, right? They wanted to attack Big Show more. Yeah, but now this brings up, is Randy Orton the third in Triple H and Stephanie's relationship? Would not shock me. Randy Orton's character, as far as I can tell, is weird asocial third wheel in relationships. <laughs> this shit is complicated. What the I heck? know. If somebody knows what the fuck Randy Orton's deal is that isn't I'm also in your relationship for some reason, please tell me. His thing is basically that he's like a psychopath. But he loves people somehow. Right, but like so much that he has to kill them. I was just going to say, like Norman Bates? Yeah, like he fucking loves people, but like if he loves you too much, he's going to have to murder you at some point. So these raw rebounds are going to keep happening, just so you know. Like at the very least, there's one in the next episode. Bob, I'm going to leave it up to you on a given episode whether or not you want to cover what happens in the raw rebound. I'll decide based on how amusing I find it. I just like the fact that Randy Orton is apparently the pet of Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, and they uh, they are not good to their third. This is so complicated. Okay, back to the women's match. So Summer Rae is trying to avoid getting taken out by Paige, and manages to sweep Paige's legs, then throw her back in the ring. Summer Rae goes for her numerous long-legged pretzel attacks on Paige. Long, noodly limbs entwining with Paige's, trying to get her to surrender. (laughs) That was like the least sexy way you possibly could have put that. I know, because it wasn't really in a sexy way. Although I will say it wasn't not in a sexy way. So pin attempt after pin attempt by Summer Rae, who then just loses the plot and throws herself at Paige. And then she ends up getting held by Paige. And because of what Summer Rae is wearing and how Summer Rae looks, it looks like if a Victoria's Secret model was pretending to be a koala. (laughs) It's very odd. Okay. And Paige snaps her into a suplex and then a little more back and forth. But the Paige Turner gets pulled out and that's enough to put away Summer Rae. But it's also the cue for Sasha to run back in and try to beat down Paige. But Paige's bubbly GF Emma shows up to take out Sasha. Guys, sapphic chivalry is my fucking jam and we need more of it. More of this. My favorite move of this whole episode was in this fight done by Sasha, Sasha Banks. She went into a full mount, I think, on top of Paige. Was it Paige? I don't remember who it was on top Uh, of. It was probably Paige, yeah. It was probably Paige. So she went into this full mount, which everyone is basically where you bypass the legs and you're just sitting on top of a person's stomach. They're flat on their back and... And Sasha Banks is sitting on top of Paige's stomach and she does the most violent cat attack. That's the only way I can describe it, where she's like (laughs) batting her face like, oh, my God. I was like, oh, that actually had to have hurt. That was cool. Actually, that's the thing that Sasha does that like really rapid fire series of slaps like on your chest and on your face. That looks like it hurts. Yeah, that was rad. (laughs) I don't think there's a secret way to get slapped in the chest and go like, nah, it's fine. As someone who's like favorite wrestler working right now remains Sasha Banks. I appreciate that, Liz. Nice. Yeah. Nice. What happens, unfortunately, is that Paige Mm. tries to come up from behind Emma to stop her from stomping Sasha into paste. And naturally, Emma assumes it's some array or something. So she hits whoever's behind her as she's turning around and then realizes that she hit Paige. 
Emma apologizes, but Paige gets right up in Emma's face, grits her teeth dramatically, and then leaves. So Yeah, that was some of that real, like, I'm guessing that's a lot of what Liz was talking about in terms of the emoting, because when Paige and Emma were, like, face-to-face, and just, like, Paige had that look in her eyes, like, I will fucking kill you. Yeah. And, like, her hair was, like, in her mouth, and it was just like, ah! Yeah, I love that, too. Yeah, whenever Paige gets angry, you sort of have that flashback to the last time you saw somebody really angry with you, and you're like, oh, no! (laughs) I don't like this! Really good women's match. It was. Yeah. I'm guessing next episode is going to have Emma versus Paige in addition to Sylvester Lafort versus Rusev. Mm, we will see. Why can't all my ladies just be nice, sexy friends with each other, Miles? Why? <laughs> because it's great it's entertainment. As their job is literally to fight each other. That's true. Sexy lady friends is a different television show, is it? That's <laughs> <laughs> our different occupation. <laughs> So now we get a backstage package with just Luke Harper, and it's the first time I've heard him talk on NXT. He mm-hmm. looks into a swinging lantern. There are some weird film splices of his face and then Eric Rowan with the sheet mask on. And then he does some puns based on, oh, no, since he's going to fight Cassius Ono again. I hope they get a long match this time. God damn it. Because Luke Harper and Cassius Ono are really good at wrestles, and I want to see actual wrestles from them. I hope you get that as well, Bob. I remember this guy because he looked like a lumberjack, and I can always appreciate that look. Match four, Tyler Breeze is maybe cosplaying a unicorn because the amount of faux white and pink fur on him is insane. He's fighting CJ Parker some more, some extra CJ Parker fights, because obviously the crowd at Full Sail was like, you know what we really want? More of this fucking CJ Parker (laughs) stuff. The crowd at Full Sail is very... Very pro CJ Parker. Yeah, they would like more of him. Oh, God. I understand that Tyler Breeze doesn't have anything going with any other characters right now. But boy, it is interesting to me the extent to which they are milking this thing with CJ Parker going like, well, they love Tyler Breeze so much. Maybe they'll tolerate CJ Parker to get some of that Tyler Breeze. Bob, you know how we've talked about how sometimes you go out and you start having a wrestling match and then you realize the crowd is like not doing the thing you expected them to do. Yes. So you change up what you're doing to play to the crowd's reaction. Yes. This match is what happens when you don't do that. <laughs> oh, shit. And you just go forward with CJ Parker as the conquering hero, despite the fact that the crowd is actively chanting for Breeze. Yes. Yeah. I noticed that. I don't know. I guess I'm slightly warming to Tyler Breeze a little bit more with this one, just because he was actually putting on some interesting heel stuff. And uh, CJ Parker was just trying to survive this ordeal of people actively disliking him. I don't know. It's a rough place to be. I'm sorry, CJ Parker. I'm sorry. Life <laughs> is so unkind to you right now. All right, the bell goes, and Breeze runs from Parker trying to escape comeuppance. But like a patchouli-scented spirit of justice, Parker pursues him. (laughs) I can't believe they said that. I know. (laughs) On commentary, much commentary about how he would smell. And I think we've all met a person who smells about the way that CJ Parker looks. Some of us have been that person. Oh, boy. (laughs) I mean, I never had dreadlocks. Oh, okay, good. I was like, man, Miles, did you have white guy dreads? Okay, it's good to hear that you did. Have I been a smelly hippie? Yes. Am I arguably still a smelly hippie? Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) He throws Breeze face first into some turnbuckles and follows it up with a cross body and some additional blows to that money-making visage. We get an airplane spin from CJ Parker and like, 
Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> After having seen Cesaro do it. I was about to say. It's like no one else should even fucking bother, right? We are recording this like a few days after WrestleMania. And after watching Cesaro pull out the fucking UFO, which is his version of the airplane spin, because literally nobody does it better than him because he is probably the best wrestler. Yeah. And then you watch this episode and watch CJ Parker do it and you're like, yeah. Yeah. It's like watching a child butcher Mary had a little lamb and you just kind of (laughs) have to go, well, I mean, it was in there. The song (laughs) was present. The spirit of the song was found. The song itself, eh. Uh, CJ Parker. I mean, it's not CJ Parker's fault that literally Cesaro is one of the best wrestlers in the world. I mean, that's true. It's just unfortunate timing on his part. It is. Six years ago. (laughs) Back from commercial, Breeze gets Parker down on the mat and knees him in the face, then stands on his chest before checking his look on his furry phone. And Breeze gets up on the top rope to do a move, but Parker throws him onto his back. And Breeze gets back just enough momentum to try his kick, the beauty shot. But Parker ducks and gets Breeze right in the third eye, knocking him on his ass and taking the pin. It's a palm strike that he calls the third eye because that's where he hits you. Ah. That was one of the most brutal moves in this episode. I don't know. I just imagine like what that would be like if you were having allergies or a sinus infection at the time and how much it would make your sinuses scream. (laughs) I'm just always concerned for people during allergy season. Don't palm strike people during allergy season. All I could think about was uh, Miss Congeniality when she demos all the self-defense moves. Oh, yeah. So CJ Parker comes back with the scissors that Tyler Breeze used to cut off two of his dreadlocks. And he acts like he's going to cut off some of Breeze's hair, but Breeze comes to and runs out of the ring. And the show ends with CJ Parker doing an inscrutable scissor dance, because why the fuck not? (laughs) And that's how this confusing pile of an episode went. (laughs) So, Liz, yeah, yeah. So I know you guys probably thought the Breeze fight would be my favorite. I thought the Breeze character, at least, would be your favorite. Yes, except for the whole phone thing, because as most people know, I am not into pictures or social media or anything like that. But I really did appreciate his Twitter handle, which is mm, gorgeous. Yep. Ugh. I just knew you were super into like runway shit. Yes, you know? exactly. So I liked how he came out. I liked his outfit. He was owning it. He was smizing it. He looked like he could have been on America's (laughs) Next Top Model. And then I was thinking, where can I get the material to be him for Halloween? And then he got to the ring and started running around like a pansy. And I was like, "Ah, nope, 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 nope. I couldn't believe it. But at the end, he put up a good fight. And there was also one point in this match that was really weird it was when cj parker was like kind of leaning against the ropes and then he picked up some of his dreads and was like massaging them i know he was (laughs) trying to convey that like hey you cut off my two dreads but it was really weird and it kind of lingered on him uncomfortably long yeah (laughs) but not wrong about that but you know it was great and once tyler breeze's hair like got out of his ponytail he turned into he-man so you have to love him more Mm. oh he did turn into he-man i didn't realize but yes he does have the he-man hair the resemblance is uncanny and did you enjoy blue steel 
Yes, he was constantly doing it. See, now, my earlier comment was I didn't know the human face could make so many emotions. I couldn't uh-huh. believe how little his face could because it was the same damn look over and over. Liz, did you catch the bit right before the match like where Breeze was just talking for a second backstage? No, I probably skipped through that thinking it was oh, a commercial. No. Oh, that's a damn shame because I thought I'm, I'm not even going to say anything about it because it was such a Liz Logan thing. It is him backstage and all he's saying is that he's going to basically kick the ass of this derelict. Yeah. Oh my God, no! <laughs> he was totally milking it. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for that breakdown, Bob. What did you think of this episode overall? Weird. Really weird. It felt like some stuff is just kind of happening because it. they were like, well, got to fill this hour. No, got to fill this 40 <laughs> minutes. Quick, put this and this together. And then it's like, what's happening? To the point where later on, if somebody asked me, hey, what happened in this episode? And they referred to a single match from it. I would never be able to recall any other matches related to this particular episode because it it is going to be a blur to me. That's fair. I mean, I did enjoy getting to see some of the character stuff happening. I certainly enjoyed that. But I don't want to see Emma and Paige fight. Why not? <laughs> because I they're they're in a relationship as far as I'm concerned and their ship name is Bubble Goth. Okay, I guess I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bob, you said you don't want to see them fight. You don't want to hear them fight. You have feelings about it. I do. I think that means it's time to get into the sights, sounds, and feels of pro wrestling. I think it is. So, Bob, for this episode, what did your elf eyes see? My elf eyes saw Sylvester Lafort come to wrestle his first match, which he didn't actually wrestle in, but come to wrestle his first match in snake print casual pants and tennis shoes. (laughs) And he just looked like he was going to get a drink at the bar at his, like, private residence or something. It was a very weird look. Miles, what did your elf eyes see? I just want to linger a little bit on that final image of the episode of CJ Parker doing his little knees dance with the scissors. Actually, the dance in general is kind of infuriating to me. Yeah. (laughs) Because, like, it's so stupid looking. And even this episode, he comes down, he's got his hair in his hand, like Liz was saying, like, he's really mad that Tyler Breeze cut his hair. He's got this look on his face where he's like, (laughs) ah, and he slides into the ring and, like, angrily does the knees dance. And you're like, dude, what are you doing? Don't do the knees dance if you're angry. Just don't do it. (laughs) Just don't do it. And then at the end, when he's got got the scissors, and he's like opening and closing the scissors and doing the knees dance at the same time, and it's made even sadder, of course, by the fact that the crowd is just like chanting no at him if they're (laughs) reacting at all. It's painful to watch. Liz, what did your elf eyes see? So back to the four-way women's match. It was one-on-one, but then they had extra people come out whenever things got crazy. Yeah, so there was one point where it was just the two of them, and then all of a sudden the announcers start freaking out, and two of them come back in, and one of them is wearing like some plain old black t-shirt with like a graphic on front, and starts beating the shit out of one of them. I can't even remember. The whole point was that I had to rewind that bit like 
10 times because I could not figure out where the fuck she came from. I was like, is teleporting part of her thing? Did she come <laughs> from like a wire harness? I, I was very confused by that. All right, Bob, what did your Vulcaneers hear? My Vulcaneers heard Renee say, I'm very interested by William Regal's love life and Byron Saxton saying, well, that's one of you. Byron, Byron, have you heard this show? But also, I personally have been on AO3 and if it's taught me anything is that the two other people very interested in William Regal's love life are Dean Ambrose <laughs> and Pete Dunne. So just FYI. <laughs> Miles, what did your Vulcan ears hear? I mean, just piggybacking off of yours, the commentary in general, especially during the women's match, was just, it was really painful. I don't like Byron Saxton on commentary. He's just not very good at it. And I don't know what William Regal and Renee Young are doing at this point. No, I was like, get on your fucking game. A couple episodes ago, we gave Regal credit for shutting down Tony Dawson's like stupid questioning Renee about she knows everything about all the women because she's a woman and Regal shut him down about that. And now he's doing it like at the very beginning of the match. Yeah. He's being weirdly creepy and telling these nonsensical stories about Twitter girlfriends. And it's just like, it's truly bizarre. And I don't like it. No, I mean, William Regal's a flawed person. He's going to fuck up and we're going to go, God damn it, do better. So even within the context of the same match, he did awesome stuff like talking about headbutts and putting over the story of the match and everything. Like, I thought he did good work, but there were times when I was like, dude, what are you, are you bored? Like, what are you doing? I know. Do your damn job. Liz, what did your Vulcaneers hear? I think I said it at the beginning of the episode. Fucking chicken tenders. That exchange yeah! at the beginning with them on stage was so fucking weird. I'm like, <laughs> this is what they made me watch? <laughs> That's true. You know, I didn't think about it in this way before, but it is true that we were like, here, Liz, watch an episode of wrestling, and the first thing you see are Enzo Amore and Colin Cassidy. That's kind of my bad. <laughs> Yeah, that's a wild way to start and to go like, yeah, this is what wrestling is. And to go, I don't <laughs> like it. I don't like it at all. Yeah, just like pretend that I started you off with the women's match list. Okay, will do. All right, Bob, what did your human heart feel? I just really miss Xavier Woods, Miles. I know he's not yeah. here, but I keep thinking about him. I mean, I'm glad that Cassius Ono and Luke Harper are going to be fighting next episode. That's exciting to me, but dang, do I miss Xavier Woods. Yeah, I miss him too. It seemed like they were really building him into something, and he, he, hasn't, uh, he hasn't been around in a while. Miles, what did your human heart feel? I really just loved the fact that the fans threw roses into the ring for, uh, yes. for Aiden English's encore. And like that combined with Regal on commentary and that one where he was like standing up clapping and like wiping away a tear. <laughs> like, but the roses were fucking inspired. I don't know if they were like, I don't know if somebody was handing them out at the beginning of the show or what. I wonder. Like, they do that sometimes with wrestling merchandise. Like, hey, we're going to, you know, use this at some point in the show. Because it seemed kind of weirdly coordinated. Yeah. But I don't really care why it happened. I loved it. I agree. I totally love the roses. They made me so happy. This is why I want all the theater gimmicks. More of these. More of these. All right, Liz. What did your human heart feel? This episode made me feel so many different things so quickly <laughs> that afterwards I had to text one of my friends Wrestling is really weird. 
If that's what you come away from your first episode of wrestling with, I think that's accurate. Yeah. Like, I don't know what anyone could really expect. Yeah. So, again, gamut of emotions, which not all media can provide that, but this certainly did. (laughs) Yeah. But I can't imagine what this would be like as the first thing you ever watch and like going on this journey. What have we done, Miles? We've made something beautiful and terrible, Bob, and we're just going to have to live with it. <laughs> um, and also actively continue doing it. By live with it, I mean keep going. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, those were the sights, sounds, and feels of pro wrestling. No wrestling term of the week this week, but we will close things out right now with the cheap pop quiz. So, yeah. Bob, are you ready? I am. I'm ready to get a point. Question number one. Megan Bob, you've already seen the NXT debut of QT Marshall, but the next episode features the NXT debut of a somewhat more prominent member of the AEW roster. Oh, yes. Is it A, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, B, Penelope Ford, C, Sean Spears, D, Big Swole, or E, Luchasaurus? Sean Spears, the chairman of AEW, because he has a fucking chair and that's somehow a gimmick. (laughs) Liz, do you have a guess? Yeah, I'm going to go with that, too. Okay. (laughs) Question number two. As you'll soon see, the beautiful, fierce females are looking to expand their ranks. Which wrestler do they appear to be courting in a backstage segment on the next episode? Is it A, Charlotte, B, Bailey, C, Emma, D, Paige, or E, Tyler Breeze? <laughs> Tyler Breeze would be the smart choice for them. If they're trying to go for Bailey because they think Bailey is the most malleable, that makes sense, although Bailey will uh-huh. not help them in their reign of evil. Charlotte is a much more powerful figure, but Charlotte is also much more likely to turn them down. I think they're they're starting with minnows first, so I'm gonna say Bailey. Okay, Bailey is your answer. I think they're going with Godzilla, so I pick Paige. I like it. Question number three. With both Graves and Neville and Dawson and Rusev broken up, the NXT tag team division is barer than ever, which might account for why the champions, the Ascension, spent the last episode, the one we watched before this one, beating up a pair of random jobbers. Who do they face on the next episode? Is it A, another pair of random jobbers? B, Enzo and Cass? C, Tons of Funk, the large dancing main roster tag team. D, a new tag team, Hunico and Camacho. Or E, a tag team from the Attitude Era called Too Cool, whose members include Scotty Too Hottie and Grandmaster Sexy. Miles, I have to pick E. I have to. It's the law. (laughs) It is. (laughs) <laughs> Scotty Too Hottie and Grandmaster Sexay. Liz, you want to pick one? Sexay. Oh, Sexay? yeah. All right. Liz knows what the fuck is up. I mean, come on. How could you not? Yeah, no, as it was foreseen. <laughs> come back on the next episode to see if Bob has continued to gather points for the Cheap Pop Quiz. Liz, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. It was so cool having you. Is there anything else you want to say or tell us before we close out here? No one called me Space Age at all during the show. Oh, damn it. Oh, man. I'm so sorry, Space Age. Space Age, do you want to cut a promo before we leave? Do you want to do you want to say something to the all the fans listening at home?
Space Age will be <laughs> roaming across the galaxy, throwing people into orbit. <laughs> At an NXC event near you, I'm going to spin your planet, which is your head, into the ground with a pile driver. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Woo! Space Age! Space Age! Space Age! Space Age! <laughs> Alright. I think that's about all we got for this episode of The Next Wrestling Fan. Bob, thank you so much, as always, for joining me. Thank you for having me. And Liz, wherever you have gone now, it was lovely having you here. Guys, when you look up at the stars at night, I want you to imagine the mad space judge cackling at you. (laughs) I know, I was going to say, it's not looking down benevolently. That's not what's happening. (laughs) Also want to give a big shout out and thanks to our patrons. Quick update from our last episode. I have changed my mind on keeping the June Patreon money to help support my family and I. After talking to my wife, we think it'll be okay. I would like to make sure that money does go to um, a worthy cause, So, which Bob, I know, has been looking into. Yes, I have been. There is a black trans group in Chicago that is doing some really good work. Brave Space Alliance, very appropriate. And so we will be sending money to them. It is a first Black-led, trans-led, LGBTQ center on the south side of Chicago. And I believe you have some Chicago connections. I do. My family is from there. So so I have fond memories and uh, fond feelings of Chicago. Go Bears. That's where the money is going to go. Nice. Also, Bob, got to give you a quick update on... uh, the roster here at the (gasps) next wrestling fan wrestling promotion because we have signed a couple of new wrestlers one of them on the independent scene merely went by the enigmatic name of henry and uh the other one i believe is somebody bob that you've been following for a while a uh, an independent wrestler by the name of kai mckinney oh what yes i do i do know that wrestler (laughs) so henry is now known as Sir Harry Bumblespike of Bumblespike <gasps> Hall. I love it so much. And Kai McKinney has been repackaged as his tag team partner, the man of no consequence, Dick Coppers. Ooh. And what this tag team is, Bob, is they are essentially D&D characters, as we love to bring up on this show. Uh, they are comedy heels. Harry Bumblespike is a knight. Harry comes to the ring in full armor and is always resistant when the referee informs him that he must take it off. And it always takes a long time while they the crowd boos at them because he has to unfasten all the, you know, all the pauldrons and the breastplate and, you know, remove oh, the wow. gauntlets and stuff. The greaves, etc. Indeed. Meanwhile, Dick Coppers, the man of no consequence, is a rogue. <gasps> you know how at the beginning of every match, the referee, like, pats you down to make sure you're not carrying any foreign objects? Yes. Well, Dick Coppers is always carrying foreign objects. The ref catches him with at least one every time, and he I is constantly it. trying to sneak weapons into the ring because that is what rogues do. I have yet to come up with a proper tag team name for uh, this particular pair. So uh, right. if anybody out there would like to come up with a tag team name for Sir Harry Bumblespike of Bumblespike Hall and the man of no consequence, Dick Coppers, I would love to hear it. Thank you, Henry and Kai, so much for being patrons of The Next Wrestling Fan. I hope you enjoy your comedy heel personas. Because I know Kai, and because I know Kai's favorite kind of wrestling, they do British catch-as-catch-can style wrestling. So it is all of the comedy twists and turns and 
trying to like one up one another. Oh, brilliant. Thank you guys so much. Uh, We are very, very near our next goal. We are, I think, $2 away. We are $2 away from our next bonus episode. And the first bonus episode is up now. And it turned out beautifully. And we learned a lot about the history of women's wrestling. Yeah, we covered Lipstick and Dynamite, uh, the 2004 documentary for our first bonus episode. And another bonus episode will be coming your way as soon as we hit that $100 mark, which, again, we're $2 away from. So if you would like to become a character in our little uh, wrestling organization here on The Next Wrestling Fan, all you have to do is sign up as a $2 pledge over at patreon.com slash NXT Wrestling Fan. Thank you so much for everybody who uh, donates to our show on Patreon. Thank you so much to those of you who don't, too, for just listening. We really appreciate yeah. you. Also wanted to quickly mention uh, for everybody, June is about over. That means that it's about time to start talking about our next wrestling watch party, guys, yeah. which we do over cast. And Bob and I have decided that there will be no straight cis white men on the next wrestling watch party. So we hope you will join us. Uh, that's going to be on Sunday, July 12th at 1 p.m. Pacific time. It is always so much fun. I, as a person who doesn't especially always enjoy being social, I find it really easy to just enjoy and watch. Nobody's trying to one-up anybody. Nobody's trying to dunk on anybody. Nobody's trying to be cool. We're all just going like, oh, man, that person just threw another person. They (laughs) threw another person. And going, ah, good throw, good throw, everybody. It is wholesome and enjoyable, and you don't have to go, oh, no. You could just go, oh, yay. Absolutely. And needless to say, none of the matches we're going to watch involve any recently uncovered sex offenders. So It will not. (laughs) So that's a plus. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you in two weeks with a new episode of The Next Wrestling Fan. The Next Wrestling Fan is produced by Miles Schneiderman with logo design by Claire Mulcairn. Special thanks to Rafael Medina for our theme song, Learn Buckle. You can follow his creative work on Twitter at EarthMofo. Also thanks to Kevin McLeod for additional music and stingers, which are licensed under Creative Commons. Find his work at www.incompetech.com. We're on Twitter and Facebook as the NXT Wrestling Fan. Come talk to us. You can also follow Miles on Twitter at MJ Schneiderman and Megan Bob at Megan Bobness. Visit our website at nxtwrestlingfan.com for show notes, episode transcripts, and more. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, feel free to email us at nxtwrestlingfan at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks. I wish she had been lowered from above. That would be a great idea. We could strap some angel wings onto her and then... Okay, no. Okay, you guys gotta stop that, though, unfortunately, because you can't actually talk in the context of wrestling about how it's a good idea to lower somebody from the roof of an arena. Oh, no. Um, Wait, why? Because that... Because somebody died. Oh, okay. fuck! <laughs> in, a, in a very, very uh, infamous incident uh, where oh. they tried to do that and he fell. And oh. he died. That's really sad. I am sorry yes. I said anything. No, I, no as okay. am I. I was just, I was just like, I'm gonna let this go. No, I can't let it go. <laughs>